thirst, an ardent desire, a craving, a longing. Thirst can take many forms and manifest in a multitude of different ways. Today, in the eighth edition of our podcast, we will be delving into the topic of physical thirst in the Czech Republic. We now welcome you to the NYU Students in Prague's Progcast. I'm Luke DeLorso. Thank you for joining us. The Czech Republic is known for a wide variety of culturally rich features, one most prominent being that of beer. Historians believe that some five to 10,000 years ago, we can observe the initial conception of beer. As such, it's fair to say that a country which is less than three decades old, the Czech Republic, and its former Czechoslovakia, has beer deeply ingrained in its roots. When thirst for a drink is so deeply ingrained into a culture, it becomes difficult to distinguish between habit and fixation. For many Czechs, it appears as though it is possible to recognize the quandary of over-drinking in their country, but rather difficult to identify it as a pressing issue. A drink with a controversial past makes it all the more enticing. Founded in 1893, the Vinohradsky Brewery quickly grew to a stature of great recognition in Prague. After the nationalization of the company, though, brewing ceased there until, mysteriously, it burned down at the turn of the millennium. A few years later, beer enthusiast Jan Korselt, along with other zealous beer connoisseurs, opened a microbrewery in the grounds of the formerly prominent brewery. We at Progcast were fortunate enough to speak with Jan about his intoxicating experience. I don't come from uh, this business. I, I never ran a pub or never worked in a pub before. I didn't have much uh, to do with brewing, only that I was a fan of microbreweries from the very beginning. They started spreading around uh, around the Czech Republic. And me and my friends, we used to visit these uh, you know, new microbreweries because we were fans of craft beer and we used to visit the breweries around around the country. And, and then we were we started thinking about doing something something on our own. I was curious if you could talk more about the beer consumption like under the communist era. Like there were no microbreweries during that era, were there? There always have been a few, but most of them were closed. You know, the communists crammed down on, on small uh, business from the very beginning. What do you think led to the boom in microbreweries in the 90s and the 2000s? There was time where, where, when, uh, when small breweries, not even microbreweries, but uh, small breweries that basically used to be in every single town in, in this country. They were closed, bankrupt, you know, privatized, and then the owners didn't run them properly, etc. And, and also the industrial big uh, companies uh, had a chance to absorb or buy, buy some of them and they, they were closing them down. So, so only few remain. But Czechs are big fans of beer and you know, the consumption in, in, of beer in this country is the highest per capita in, in, in the world. So when the, the microbreweries uh, started, the people were quick to find a way for craft beer because it's, you know, it's, it's something else and it and, and, and different taste. You talked about how popular beer is in the Czech Republic. Why do you think that compared to the rest of the world, Czech people consume uh, beer at such a higher rate? Why is it such a popular drink here? Every nation has, has its own uh, specials. Uh, if you go to France or Italy, everybody will drink good wine. We don't have 
such access or historically we, we didn't have access to, to delicious, uh, good wine. And I wouldn't say that people don't consume it, but there was not such a strong tradition of, of hard alcohol compared to other... other. If we go to uh, Poland, for example, it's m- more about vodka and beer. It's just... Uh, it's, it's not that that uh, important. In, in Pilsner, not, not far away from Prague, there was a new style of beer created uh, 150 years ago, which is now the, the uh, worldwide the most uh, spread uh, kind of beer. It's the Pilsner, Pilsner, Pilsner type of beer. And it's light, and it's very easy drinking beer. Compared to beers in Belgium, for example, our drink is light and it's, it's very easy to drink. So uh, when we go to pub with, our, with my friends, we drink six beers, no problem. In Belgium, you, you, you would be considered an alcoholic. What kind of future do you see for beer in the Czech Republic? Like, do you see more microbreweries popping up? Do you see beer disappearing? Honestly, I don't know. I'm, as, as I said before, I'm more of a fan than, than a beer expert. What we believe and what we built our, also our, our business on is that people will more and more look for variety or, and quality as well. Now, can you um, talk a little bit about the beer you brought for us to drink, for me to try? Well, this is, a, I'd say, typical or traditional, as, 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 as you want, but we can say typical. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's typical Czech lager, Pilsner style. It has 11 degrees uh, of EPM, which is uh, amount of sugar in, 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 in the water before we create beer. It's lighter in alcohol as well. It has around 4.4% of alcohol. Well, it's, it should be an easy drinking beer with full taste. But with this beer, we didn't try to create something new or something special or anything that, uh, that would not be present in this country for years. Only we try to improve it or, or do it as, as well as, as, as we can. Is there a proper way you're supposed to taste beer or drink it? Or you just, do you just go for it? I mean, there are obviously many ways how to taste it and how to... Uh, what, what I think is that mainly you should enjoy and when you drink beer, you should have fun. You, sh- you shouldn't come solely for the purpose of tasting beer. It's a, a goal for, you know, or it's a task for experts. But what you should do is come with your friends and have a couple of them and have fun. And you should come home happy. As one could gauge from Jan's enthusiasm towards the fascinating world of craft beer, alcohol plays a crucial role in Central Europe, and the Czech Republic is no exception. From 2013 to 2014, Czechs consumed the most beer per capita of any country in the world at over 140 liters. However, over the past decade, the Czech Republic and Prague in particular have seen a massive rise in the popularity of various other drinks. One such form of drinking that has seen its stock rise immensely is that in cocktail bars. In the hopes of learning a bit more about this new craze, we sat down with a bartender at one of these thriving new bars. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. My name is Sabina. Uh, I am 24 years old and I'm here from the very beginning. The start at the bar was 
very hard to learn everything because I was studying uh, ballet dancing, so it's really different. But this bar is open for year and a quarter, like year and three months. And um, I don't know, the menu is uh, like every one of us was making it. Did the Czech Republic have cocktail bars under communism? And um, what do you think has really fueled their growth and popularity? There were bars, like cocktail bars, but after the year 2000, the bar culture just created up. So people want to make new cocktails, want to be, be like to make brand new cocktails by their own. So and um, you know, as the bar is kind of getting older and and just cocktail culture in general, um, have you seen more people, for example? Um, wanting to have special requests over their cocktails, and if so, you know, why do you think that's the case? And you could even give a couple examples of some of the different things that people have asked for. Yeah, sometimes this happens. It's like that they've had a drink, so they tell me the tastes, what it tastes like, and if it, if it was sweet or sour, and what based. So then I make something, and especially last week there was a guy, and he says that he won a swimming pool, which is like a like a drink from clubs and these things, but we don't have a blue so I made it with lychee and it was really good and he was really, really uh, happy that I made this, but not the swimming pool. But it, the truth is that uh, a lot of people want to have their drinks that they know from their country or their places and then we are trying to make really like this drink that they want to. If we don't find the next whiskey bar, I tell you we must die. Uh, increasingly, you know, people are starting in the Czech Republic to make their own drinks. So would you definitely see this as a trend sort of moving forward? Yeah, the truth is that a lot of bars want to be with their signatures drinks. So do we. But yeah, it's, it's how they like growing because you never can make the same drink if you're making your signature right in this moment. But um, to be different in this bar culture, it's always to have a different stuff than like other bars, like, I don't know, different bitters, uh, different fresh juice or different spirits. But it's quite hard, you know, it's <laughs> not, not always that easy. <laughs> fascinating to observe the dichotomy of what is the Czech drinking culture as opposed to that of my home country of the United States. With that being said, there is an unfortunate truth of the Czech Republic that many Czechs fail to recognize as an issue. At over 140 liters of beer alone per capita, the thin line between culture and addiction soon becomes very blurry. In order to truly tap into the perspective of the Czech people on this issue, I took the time to explore the streets of Prague looking for answers. Do you think that Czech people in general drink too much? In general, probably, yeah. Okay. All right, we're going. So do you think Czechs drink too much? I think that's mostly the tourists that drink too much. And what do you think is it? Do you think they're drinking a lot of beer? Because I know the Czech Republic is known for their beer, for their pilsner. Do you yeah. think it's pill like beer? Do you think it's more... I think it's beer and it's, it's that, that weird like absinthe stuff that absinthe. isn't actual absinthe, yeah. but kind of looks like it. Cool. Yeah, I'm just gonna, do you think Czech people drink too much? 
We don't know because we don't watch uh, when they're in the restaurant. We don't watch if they drink, so we don't know. <laughs> it's okay. No, you're fine. No worries. I don't need to get any name or anything. So, um, do you think that Czech people drink alcohol too much? Yes, I think. That's perfect. My question is whether you think Czechs drink too much. I think Czech uh, typical Czech beer pilsner. Yeah? yeah. And so you think though, in general though, that that Czech people drink? Do you think they drink too much, or it's it's okay? Uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Is it just kind of built into culture? Is it just part of of culture? Yeah, it's a part of our culture. Okay. All right. The topic of overdrinking quickly digresses into that of a vexing one, when the public has trouble recognizing the problem at large. While the consumption of alcohol is an integral part of life in the Czech Republic, other cult followings have managed to develop. In the same way that the reverence towards microbreweries has arisen in the Czech Republic, cafes have garnered their own distinguished clientele. And in the spirit of the underdog, as well as with the hope of providing you with a first-hand experience, we explored some of our favorite, lesser-known cafes. I'm in Sviet Hub, a cafe and co-working space in Prague's Vinohrady district, where people are awaiting the start of a film screening and Christmas party. As it transitions into night, people switch from drinking coffee to wine. Uh, hi, I'm Amida, and <laughs> at the moment, uh, like we're at a Sviet Hub. It would be translated as like the world of hub, but actually we played a little bit with the name, so it's like mushrooms, so the word of mushrooms. And it's the place that serves for co-working, so people come here like to work, but apart from that, there is the cafe, and we run several events, so different kind, from flea markets, restaurant days, and we do the screening here, so it's kind of like multi- multi-serving place. How would you say that this place differs from your average cafe? Because it tries to connect different activities and different things together with that. So like the the main purpose of this place is that you can come here and work. You should you should have like quiet place for it, but if you want to like meeting new people, co- like working here, you have like opportunity. Earlier I went to Café Du, a café specifically focused on giving students a place to work. There I spoke to a Russian student studying law here in Prague. I like the atmosphere here. Working atmosphere and friendly and here is a coffee with cookies, so I just like here. Does it help you work to be in a social environment? Yeah, it just helps me to concentrate. Do you usually come to Café Du or do you go to other cafés? Or? Um, no, I'm studying home, but today I just, it, it's my first experience in Café Du and so in Café at all, so I just like it. And what's it like studying in a cafe versus studying at home? Uh, at home, um, I just don't like it because um, there is a TV and bed and kitchen, so I just can't concentrate at home. That's why I'm in Café. <laughs> At the cafe, which has a separate study lounge upstairs, you can hear students studying together for finals or working on group presentations. So we need to do work to school, and we are doing our final presentation for business strategy. Yeah, and we are looking for some comfortable place with nice atmosphere where we can be in calm and have some nice coffee or tea. So that's the reason why we chose this one. 
Do you choose to study in cafes often or work together in cafes often? Not that often. Uh, we have also some cafe in our school, so there's also a nice place where we can study. And for me, uh, for example, it's my first time in here, but I really enjoy it and I will be back, of course. <laughs> uh, I have the same reason. And I found that this place is very comfortable, calm, and you can connect to Wi-Fi. And also, you can work here during the weekend. So, yeah, this is fine. No matter whether you go there to study, work, drink, or meet friends, Prague Cafe culture is much less about the coffee than it is about the space. People come and have a glass of wine with friends or a coffee with work. But these drinks are secondary to the atmosphere. Prague Cafe culture is much more culture than it is cafe. Thirst ingrained in Czech culture as a quintessential facet of life, it is hard to imagine that the trends, which we saw today, will be changing anytime soon. While the Czech Republic may be a young country, it maintains a rich and deep history of culture. I would like to extend a special thanks to our editor Rob Cameron and the whole podcast team. Miss Darby Cook, Miss Ashley Sweeney, Mr. Andrew Chow, and Miss Oriana Mansour. Additionally, it is my honor to thank Mr. Dalton Core for his composition of our splendid theme song. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username PragueCast. So, with the tip of a hat and the sip of a beer, it's time for me to say thank you for joining us today and tune in again soon. I'm Luke Delorso.